Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by Danuta and Lawson this morning. Good morning to you, Lawson. And good morning, Shanna. Shanna's here to take over, well, replace for today with Shell on yeah. the DJ stuff, with the production stuff. Poor Shell's still not well. Yeah. She's had a tough week this week. Um, we've had Pete in for the last few days, and Shanna, welcome on board today. It's great to have you yeah. here. It's good. I talked to Lyle yesterday, and it seems as though Shell's turning a corner. Yeah, she is. Yeah, I think she's just she's just been hit with a, like... I, well, it's not not serious, but then at the same time, it's like she's just sick. She's just sick. She's under the weather, mm. just smashed, and now she's she's coming out of it, which is great to know. Hey, mate, we've all been there. <laughs> like, I know you were I'm, off for a few I, the other I, man, the other week, I, you know, for a couple of weeks or absolutely, so. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, pretty so badly. We, we know what it's like. But hey, Shell is getting better. How are you doing this morning? Today? I'm doing really well, and I'm excited. The weekend's coming up because it's always great to be able to chill mm. a little bit. So it's going to be a great weekend coming up. But hey, I'm excited too. Really grateful for. I want to just say to our listeners, we're sorry that yesterday. Somehow, we don't know what the issue was. We were trying to get it sorted that a lot of our stations were down partway mm. through the show. We had you all on board early in the in the show. But today, we have got everyone back on deck again, which is really mm. exciting. So we're hoping that it's going to go all the way through the show. We've had a prayer for that as well. So, yeah, um, yeah really exciting. What about you? How are you doing and what are you excited about? Oh, man, I... I'm so blessed. Last night I had a fantastic dinner with some of my friends. Oh, cool. Head into, head into Newcastle, the city. I, I live in Kurumong, which is like the outskirts. Headed into Newcastle, just cooked some food together, spent time together. And especially with my friend who just got baptized and it was the first time. I, I, I missed his baptism because I was down in Canberra, but it was the first time I'd seen him since then. And, and just, yeah, just really praising God and celebrating everything that he had done um, for my friend. It was awesome. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. And mm. if you haven't really woken up this morning, I think that song would have really woken you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love the, the words of that song, though, standing on the promises of God and leaning onto Him. Hey, One of that's my favourites. so, so good. Yeah. Yeah, we love the promises of God mm. here. Okay, take it away with our first quiz question, please, Lawson. Hey, we start off with this. How did Luke describe his information gathering to write the gospel? Mm. Now, oh, man. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to wait till the end of the show because there's so much to say about You're this. busting. I just love Luke. He's just a gun. He's yeah. just an amazing, mm. he's, he's an, he's an amazing writer. Great I can't, writer. I can't say anything else because I'll give away the answer, uh, uh, uh. but how did Luke describe his information gathering to write the gospel? You know, when he was writing the gospel of Luke, you know, what kind of method did he use? And he describes this and particularly at the beginning of his, his gospel. Mm. So, so we would really encourage you. Maybe you're not a regular church attender to crack open the word of God and to have a look there. But if, if you are, if you're attending church each, each week, use that big brain of yours to answer these questions correctly. And if you do, if you text us at 0491-064-669 with the correct answer, you will go in the draw to win some amazing prizes. Well, it's one of two. We're going to have two winners today, actually. You can win one of two awesome puzzles. We have Jesus at the helm, which is an epic 
1,000 piece puzzle with an illustration of Jesus driving a ship and with, with these people and directing God in their lives. Or may I hold him, which is, you know, Jesus, baby Jesus being held by his mother and people standing around. It's really beautiful stuff. Hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to text if you know the answer. And again, that question was, how did Luke describe his information gathering to write the gospel or to write his gospel. Yeah, great stuff. So text us in 0491064669. We had lots of answers coming in. Um, yesterday, some were affected, of course, with the stations down, but we're really mm. grateful that the stations are back on board today. So throw in as many answers as you can today if you missed out partway through yesterday just to get um, the chance to to win those. Hey, we're going to say hi to our listeners in Nil in mm. Victoria. Do you know where Nil is? Oh, no one knows. From the fact that it's no, no one knows where it is. <laughs> it's, it's, does As it, in zero? It's zero. It's gone. No, no. It it's not it. spelt the same way. It's uh, got a H in there as uh, well. Okay. Nil, nil. No, so I've never been to nil. I, yeah. So I used to drive through nil when we used to drive from Adelaide to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we, our listeners are listening on 88.0 FM. So Neil is on the way between Adelaide and Melbourne. It's just as you go, cross over the border yeah. from South Australia, you go through Border Town, of course. Border Town is right on the border, of course, of South Australia mm. and Victoria. And you come to, to Neil. So it's a town in the Wimmera area in Western Victoria. It's located along the Western Highway. And in the 2016 census, basically, um, you know, there was around about, well, close to 2,000 people. Uh, we haven't got the, the, the results of the 2021 census here. But the thing is that it's also believed to be, um, the word nil is believed to be Wergaya word, word, meaning early morning mist rising over water. Isn't that amazing? Oh, I love that. Wow. I love that. Because, yeah. you know, I've always said to you, I love the mist and the fog when I'm oh, driving in dude, the mornings so here. Good. Hey, so Man, that would be a place for me, I think. I have some really cool photos of me when I'm riding my bicycle here to the studio and I'm like riding down the hills through the fog, that kind of thing. There was oh one particular day when I've cleared the gap, which is like the tallest hill on my way here it's like quite tall and it's just you can barely even see in front of you it's so foggy and then you're riding down the hill through the fog and and then the fog clears as you get down the bottom which is good because by the time i get to the bottom of that hill i'm doing like 80 90k on my bicycle like really 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 moving yeah yeah. i'm like tucked in you know ducking the wind and it's like you ride out of the fog and it's just so beautiful so yeah shout out nil and all the people get to experience the pretty fog there i'm sure i've driven through nil or not personally but i when i was younger we would travel i've traveled a few times from like the melbourne area Mm. through to adelaide and so i'm sure i've driven through there before yeah but 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 it's because it's nil you didn't look at it that's right i didn't remember (laughs) It. I didn't see if anything. it was number two or number five. Or yeah, 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 I, I would have stuck with like, me. Oh. That's right. But because it's nil, it's nothing. It's it's just it's in and it's out. Never mind. But it's a good place to go through. And the interesting thing is too, it's the home to a community of the Karen people. That mm. a lot of them actually were refugees and actually came in a two in, in two thousand and ten and started working yeah. there in the in the facilities that are there. So there's probably about a hundred residents of them over there in nil too, yeah. which is really interesting. Of that, course, that's they're... really awesome. Mm. Actually, I met. There's a really 
really sizable Karen Christian community in Canberra. Oh wow! Yeah, and I met a bunch of them on the weekend, and I, I've actually I've known a, f- a few of them for a while. There's mm. you know some kids my age and whatnot, but but uh, yeah, no, cool really stuff. really awesome stuff. Shout out Nil. Hey, what's happening in positively different news? Ah, so some great things. And there's an orphanage in the Philippines that I want to talk about. Today. Yeah. Now, like when I was younger, when I was going through high school and in my early years, even when I was doing speech pathology, sometimes I thought. Oh, you know, I would love to go and work in an orphanage overseas. Mm. That was really my desire for some time. And um, anyway, it didn't quite happen. But also one of the things that partly stopped me from going is that I figured that if I went, um, I would probably really want to bring back at least a dozen kids with me. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, so how do I kind of do this? Like, you know, if I go and see all these kids that... That, that need a mum and want a mum and I'd fall in love with all of them. It'd just be a bit hard to kind of go, like, choose one. Mm. So I think that was one of the reasons I, I know certainly that was one of the reasons that impacted me for why I didn't go. But here's the thing. A lot of, you know, through the Seventh-day Adventist Church, of course, here at Faith FM, we're, we're Seventh-day Adventists. And through uh, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, uh, we have a lot of mission trips for young mm. people particularly and families that do go overseas to Fiji, mm. Solomon Islands, Papua New Guinea, a whole range of different places. Have you been on mission trips? Yeah, I went to Ethiopia uh, okay. in 2019. It was actually with Faith FM, in, in a sense. Cool. It was myself, Lyle, uh, Monica. We went over there and we recorded shows while we oh, were there. Oh, fabulous. So we were preaching at nighttime, recording some shows during the day. It was cool. really, really amazing. That would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. So here's the interesting thing. Um, so Joanna Maniti is her name. She mm. graduated a few years ago from Southern California University, and she shared with a class her desire about a, a, a hypothetical idea about an orphanage that that would be really good to have that, you know, through a non-profit organization. But here's the thing. When she was telling them, she just got this lightning bulb moment and decided, mm. you know what? I can do this. Why don't I try and see what I can do? So she actually decided to make it reality. She sent out emails to old friends of old friends in the Philippines and she started a partnership uh, with, with some of them. Uh, from which the Cherish Hearts International was actually born. Mm. Now, Cherish Hearts International, of course, is um, acts as a liaison to international business stakeholders and they look for opportunities to build schools and shelters for the children that are orphanaged. Mm. And so here's the thing is that she travelled to the island of Mind- Mindanao and she actually saw poor conditions and children living in the streets and then she returned to the USA, USA and decided, hey, I can do this. So she That's went... So- Oh, she said she decided to then go on to further studies and she did business mm. particularly with a fo- strong focus on non how to mm. run a non-profit organization so mm. she kind of got that started and here's the thing is she, interestingly she got it started from a distance because covid then hit and yeah. so she's recently just been able to go over and just see exactly what's happening but she got it started from the US um, and the first one, so she's, she's doing a series of them, but the first one actually opened in, in, in Mindanao in 2022 with four classrooms, two washrooms, a kitchen, and it was all built with donor help. Mm. So there's stacks of orphanage children actually going there, which is absolutely tremendous. So she had a heart particularly for 
um, you know, the, the children in the Philippines are in the small islands where, where particularly it's mm. actually really quite bad. My mind goes, my mind straight away went to the, you know, a number of verses, but particularly the one where my mind went to, um, was James 127, of mm. course, where, where it says that pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for the orphans and widows in their distress. Yeah. And so here she is. She's obviously gone on mission trips. I would say possibly through church or something like that. Um, maybe, maybe it was, you know, maybe she went to a Christian school at some point in time, or maybe she just had that desire to, to join in with others. Maybe her friends invited her. How she went on mission trips, I don't know. Mm. But certainly, you know, she was, she's then put into practice this, this, this verse and others that are in the Bible for us to look after those who, who yeah. aren't so fortunate. And we're talking about that this week, of course, as well, reaching out to the least of these. Yeah, of course. And I, I love this story because this person, you know, from their position of like, they weren't sitting there saying, oh, look, I've got all these means and funds. They're not Mm. Bill Gates or something where they Mm. can just dump money. They're like, no, I'm going to purpose my life. I'm going to use my skills to be able to run an orphanage to support these underprivileged children. Like that is amazing. And I think that they've had a dream to help people and it's amazing to see it come to fruition. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson And Shanna is with us this morning She set up our songs and the whole order for today Thank you so much Shanna Great to have you in And thank you for stepping in um, Given that Shell is not well We're hoping she will be back on Monday as mm. well But she is already getting better um, Yeah, I spoke with her yesterday as well So yeah, and you spoke with Lyle So good news coming up with that mm. It's not that we're saying that Shanna's not good We're just happy to have you here yeah. We are happy <laughs> We're also ha- the little tears, no. We're happy <laughs> we're to happy. see Shell well that's, as well. That's the, I was yeah. Yeah, about to add that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, take we, it away with that. Go on. <laughs> we, oh, I was going to say, we want good health, prosperous health for all, all people around. living their best lives. I mean, you know, for Shannon to be in here this morning, she she already works throughout the day, but she has to be up real early. Yeah, so, that's right. So, She's so, added this on an extra. It's called a bonus for the day, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> hey, here we go. Who did Luke write his gospel to? Yeah. If you know the answer to this one, 0491-064-669. Now, I do want to give you a bit of a hint with this. It is listed. It's listed in the beginning of both his gospel and the book of Acts. It tells us exactly who he writes it to. So 0491-064-669. That's the number to text if you know the answer. If you tra- text us with the correct answer, again, you'll go in the draw to win our amazing prizes. We've got two. What You can win one of two puzzles that we're giving away. So there'll be two winners this afternoon. But again, that question, who did Luke write his gospel to? 491 and where are we going to today with our news segment? I know we said AI. AI. So, so Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4, very famous passage. Well, Daniel chapter 12, 1 to 3, we see there, we see, you know, these passages getting into, you know, so the end will be a time of trouble such as there never was. And at that time, Michael will stand up and it's talking about the end time, the judgment and whatnot. And then the information then after this statement is made by the angel Gabriel to Daniel, then he says, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. Now, People have interpreted this verse in a number of ways. It's either knowledge shall increase of the book of Daniel itself. Knowledge shall generally increase in the world. But we do see when we look at 
end time prophetic writing in the Bible, this sense of rapid development at the end of time mm. in terms of, of, of everything, war and conflict and diseases and all kinds of like difficulties. And one of those things is knowledge, intelligence and, you know, development in technology and whatnot. And the forefront of that development in the last couple of years has been in the space of AI. Mm. And it's been to a level that is so... Artificial intelligence. Yeah, yeah. artificial intelligence. It's been to a level that is so overwhelmingly impressive, Mm. like, that that we... like. Levels of technology that we couldn't even really account for other than in art, you know, in art and in movies where it's like, you know, whether it's the Terminator or whatever, it's like, yeah, a robot is smart as a person. But we we had in the real world, we had never seen that before, even up until a couple of years ago. But the tide very much changed and shifted because of a company or a nonprofit called OpenAI. Now, OpenAI... In 2018, they were, at the time, they were a non-for-profit who were just, like, trying to push AI forward. And you might be thinking, okay, what is artificial intelligence? And it's essentially an intelligence model that isn't just a robot that executes some commands, but has the ability to learn and then complete a task. Wow, there'd be lots of microchips and stuff yeah. in that kind of robot. Like yeah, whoever put that together is incredible too. Yeah, but the main thing is that it's the software. This is the the right. real value of this is that you're creating a software that has the ability to learn to do tasks, which is that's a bit scary. It is scary. And <laughs> in 2018, at that time, like they were just making a robot, and they had trained a robot to learn how to play certain video games and like be good enough at them to beat professional players. This is in 2018. And then at the time, OpenAI is running as a research non-for-profit company. And they're like, oh, well, to continue our research, we need money. And at that time, this guy is named Elon Musk. He's like one of the most famous rich people in the world, gave them a bunch of money. And by the beginning, well, the end of 2021, they'd come up with this product called ChatGPT, which we have talked about here on The Breakfast Show. For those who don't know, ChatGPT has revolutionized creative writing. It's and can we just give yeah, the full name to people? Well, that's what it's called, ChatGPT. And, yeah, and which is generative pre-trained transformer. Yeah, absolutely. And basically what it is, is you can write into this prompt bar basically anything and it will spit something back at you at such a high level you can write in for example and when this came out at the end of 2022 lyle and i were addicted every single day would be coming you'd be putting stuff in we'd be putting stuff in and then coming back and it would just like the things that it would spit back out to us and 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 it was free and because it was released by a non-profit like you would write in you could write in for example write a sermon about grace mm-hmm. using a certain list of views uh, of verses and take a, a taken take like consider various viewpoints and you can put in from from different you know famous historical styles like you can write all this and then it will just spit out a sermon and give it to you and you could and a fantastic sermon i don't think a spirit-led sermon i was about to say yeah it wouldn't be from the heart that's for sure but like (laughs) but not only sermons but in terms of writing in any aspect or any space writing essays like there was was articles released at the time saying that chat has the ability to basically replace like millions of jobs and they like they had tested it doing jobs and it got to the point where there was an article released where there was a person working in a tech firm and they had just been fluffing around in work all day and then like oh man i need to do something and they're like you know running into chat gpt like 
write a bunch of stuff that I could have done to be productive in my particular tech firm. We're working on this software. And it's bad out of list and they send it to their supervisor and their supervisor's just like, yep, good job. Hey, you're working on that? Good job. Like, Whoa. it's just, it's, it was really, <laughs> like when it released, it was revolutionary and it was immediately bought by Microsoft for like billions of dollars. Wow. Like $80 billion. They, they wow. were like, we're going to buy this straight away. Now, mm-hmm. ChatGPT, uh, well, OpenAI, the parent company of ChatGPT, has been embroiled in one of the most interesting business situations that has unfolded over the last weekend in the early parts of this week, and that is that they fired their CEO, which you might be thinking, okay. So, okay, tell us why they fired this CEO. So, but the, the interesting thing is that, like, why would you fire a CEO when your mm. company has it's made- doing, doing so well. Billions of dollars, is releasing all these things 29 and whatnot. billion, isn't it? Yeah, well- Something like that. They've just had incredible revenue. They've been doing really well. All of the investors are on board. All right. of the members are on board. And particularly they have a, their CEO, Sam Altman, has been fantastic. He's been really pushing this forward. Again, Sam, with a smaller group of people, Greg Brockman and Mira Maruda, started this company as a nonprofit just to research AI and just to push it forward. Like they're doing this out of the passion that they want to see this go forward. And the ultimate goal in the end is to create a general AI, which is basically an AI that can do everything better than a human, which Sounds really scary. And they were bought by Microsoft and they continued, you know, with the funding from Microsoft to push forward their their research. And earlier this year in April, uh, Sam Altman had a press conference where he was like, we've kind of peered over the edge a little bit. He didn't get too much into the details. He's like, we've seen something in our research, which is unprecedented. And what people have ultimately theorized that they've seen is the potential for AI to be general AI to be better than humans at doing pretty much everything and to have a level of agency in doing everything better than humans, that is dangerous, right? Well, and in my mind, sorry, I've got to put the spiritual element with that. I'm yeah. thinking like, how can we be better than what God has created? That's right. Well, it's again, the scary thing about this is that, for example, a car goes faster than a human. But humans drive the cars. Like mm. a car yeah, doesn't you have, need the, to have or, the human behind the wheel. That's right. The, <laughs> the car doesn't have agency or autonomy to go wherever it wants. It's it, cars are dumb at the end of the day, even though they can do something better than humans and stuff. <laughs> they don't move. But, but what if there was a robot that mm. could do everything better than humans and have some kind of self agency? And and there is some scariness that comes with that, depending on who wields that robot. Because say there's there there's a robot that's a better hacker than any human or any human uh you know kind of defense that someone can make against a robot that would hack it and it's wielded by one particular group who could just send it to hack a country and steal everything from them like it's very very serious and so because of these concerns and a number of other things uh there was basically a split in the board this company which is at the forefront of research into this technology that is very scary that lots of people have been talking about and looking at it's the fastest growing tech company in the world the board is made up of six people Mm. and it was split in two and four members of the board uh against three and those four members decided to without warning microsoft or anyone else Again, looking at the breakneck speed that this was running, and furthermore, Sam Altman, who's the CEO, was very much quickly not only running, trying to push things at breakneck speed, but then furthermore as well, trying to monetize everything because it's like, if we get paid, then we can do more research. They decided to out him and fire him. Uh, They decided to, like, as a board, get rid of him. A CEO who has been positively benefiting the company. 
This led to a company coup. Again, it, this is this is really huge tech news and financial news. A company coup that led them to replace him three different times over the same weekend. Ah, and then ultimately bring him back. Oh, and get rid of the people in the board that were dissenting. Oh man! And so what this <laughs> has led to is this company that wields power in its hand mm. to shape governments, shape the ideals of countries, and also shape the future financial market in the tech space. Because we're really, this had went from a non-profit company and a non-profit organization to a, a, you know, a thing that's profitable and that's, you know, very much being charged for and whatnot. It has now like shifted and it's changed and it's moved and it's ushering in an era where AI it is like going to be at the forefront of every tech, every government in terms of what they're looking to invest in in the future to benefit their country in terms of defense, in terms of economic strategy. We have seen this massive shift now. Now that Sam Altman's been brought back in, it's like this is going to be moving at breakneck speed. The regulations are off. And for us, you know, looking forward to the end times, looking forward to, because as Christians and reading the book of Revelation, we look forward to a time in which somehow a government has control over the whole world to a point where he can enforce worship, we are seeing the conditions mm. for that being met. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. every year that goes past in ways that we couldn't even imagine. And so it's very interesting, very scary, but I think as Christians we need to turn our eyes towards Jesus and say, hey, he's coming back soon. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. Of course, Shanna is here helping us out this morning, do a fabulous job, extending that time late, late before the song <laughs> for Lawson as he was that's doing a, the AI stuff. stuff. I watched Shanna just clicking, click, click, click. Um, but it was just fantastic stuff too. So, okay, take it away, Lawson, please, with our next quiz question. <laughs> our next question. That's funny, bro. Okay, next question here. Who was John the Baptist's father? If you, if you, that's a very interesting way to say the Baptists. John <laughs> the Bat, John the Baptist. He had a dad. What was his name? If you know, <laughs> if you know that one, zero four nine one zero six four six six. That was almost, that was almost a bit of a haiku style. You we know, wanted limerick. to see if you can get yeah. your tongue around it. That's yeah, what it was. John the Baptist. He, his dad. He was, he was living there in Judea. You know, they were related to, to, to Jesus and whatnot in, in some fashion. But what was his dad's name? He had a bit of an unfortunate circumstance happen to him. I'm not going to give away too much information because the next questions are you know getting into john the baptist and you know what what his uh what his dad was about but hey 0491 that is the number to text and if you text that number with the correct answer you'll go in the draw to win our amazing prizes for this week we've got two puzzles to give away you'll win one of two which will be drawn at 8 45 this morning again that number 0491 hey we've got <laughs> sorry, we pressed the wrong one just then. Uh, sorry, uh, we're pressing this one over here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We've got Paul Murgard. Uh, Hello, mm. Paul. Are you there from Destiny Rescue? Yes. Yeah, thanks so much for having me this morning, Lawson and Danita. Yeah, yeah, we're excited you're back on. Remember the first time, well, a few months ago when we actually had you on as well. Mm-hmm. Of course, the movie Sound of Freedom had just come out too. And I wanted to say I've watched that recently with my husband. It was just so gripping. It certainly gave an idea 
to us of what you guys also do in the space of Destiny Rescue, even though it wasn't through Destiny Rescue, but just, um, yeah, rescuing young children from trafficking and sexual exploitation. But just for our listeners, give us a little bit about Destiny Rescue so we know a little bit more. Yeah, no, thank you. Well, Destiny Rescue is an Australian-founded organisation that operates in now 12 countries around the world where we go in and rescue children that have been sold into the sex trade or have been uh, human trafficked, and then we try to keep them free once we've got Mm. them out. Wow. Wow, that would be really tough stuff. That is powerful. Yeah, look, I I think it is tough. It is challenging. It's a very... um, Oh, dark space to work in, but at the same time, there's so much light, there's so much hope that we see in the work that we do once someone gets, gets, uh, once someone finds freedom. And so, you know, I think freedom is a really powerful force. You start to understand what freedom actually means to people, uh, once, you know, when they've had everything taken away from them and they've got freedom given back to them, they get to start to rewrite their story, which is just, incredibly inspiring yeah it seems like i think there's a lot of jobs like this when people are passionate about it and it's so rewarding it's like a job that it's like no one can pay you enough money to do it but at the same time you could do it for nothing because it's Mm. it's so rewarding seeing these people that have been so hurt and have been in so much turmoil and conflict be able to be be rescued from that and and that's that's amazing to see and i I guess reflecting on that and and your career in that space you know has it despite the difficulties would you say it's been consistently rewarding in that way yeah look there's definitely moments like we've got a case that we're working on at the moment where we just rescued a five-year-old girl in the philippines and that's pretty hard like you know i've i've being involved in some of that case and you're reading some of the details of it and and interacting with different people that are involved right at the front front uh, line of that and some of that is pretty challenging reading uh but i think again for me it's about being guided back to our, our north star i guess you know mm. um, back to our faith plays a huge role in that mm. and then understanding what's on the other side of it it's I guess for me, I've learned to, to probably compartmentalize my mind a little bit and go, mm. all right, I've got to, I've got to think on the good things. I've got to, I've got to make sure that my thoughts at the end of the day land on the positive things that we're doing in the world. Um, and there's probably some celebration there that when we get a trafficker arrested, um, or even someone back in Australia, when we've got someone back in Australia arrested who's been exploiting children, mm. um, there's actually a real sense of celebration in that. And, and again, I guess it's about choosing what things we dwell on. Mm. Mm, absolutely. And like, I just think when you just mentioned there, um, Paul, about a five year old, mm. so, so young, like it's, it's, it's almost, it's just beyond, my comprehension to even grasp the fact that even young five-year-olds are already in that situation. Mm. Yeah, and look, I think what is really tragic about this, and and it's actually something that Australians are really, maybe we've turned a blind eye to it or not, but but this five-year-old girl was being exploited by Aussies online. And so she was... um, yeah, like her next door neighbour um, was a trafficker and he had a, a very uh, thriving and bustling internet business um, happening. And again, given the time of day, I, I won't go into some of the details of it. Mm. Um, again, conscious of who could be listening mm. um, with kids listening and whatnot. But, you know, he was exploiting her online. And um, there are a lot of Aussies caught up in this particular case. And one of the great things about it is that we're seeing the Australian Federal Police 
um, you know, come yeah. through and, and make a big difference uh, in the lives. Well, actually, end, you know, ending some of the the, the um, opportunities that people in Australia have because they're now finding themselves in jail. Mm. Yeah, I'd love to ask in that space in terms of, you know, where the AFP is working and, and you guys are working and in like coming into contact with these situations online, is that is that mostly like in the on the dark web or like in really, again, kind of secret internet places or how, how is it that they're actually getting away no, with this? Unfortunately, look, and look, I always say, yes, yeah, some of it is, some of yeah. it certainly is, but a lot of it's on Facebook Marketplace. Wow. Um, you True. Know, there's, when we would have, I don't know, there's probably something between 60 and 70%, I reckon, um, don't quote me on those figures, but um, of our, all the raids that we do and all the people that we would rescue, um, probably 60 to 70% of them have been exploited online in some ways. And there are, in different parts of the world, you can literally go into Facebook Marketplace and you'll see uh, people being advertised. And, you know, again, it's probably not using really explicit language because Facebook would ban you for that. Mm. But um, we see a lot of social media platforms, you know, whether it be TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, um, the things that, you know, Facebook, the things that we use every day are, are tools that people are being used to be exploited online. And then it goes into some of the, you know, the more seedier websites that are being used. And then obviously you get into peer-to-peer networks where yeah. images are being shared between people. Mm. But I'm often shocked at how publicly available um, and accessible some of uh, the stuff that we come across is. Yeah, wow, that is incredibly eye-opening because I, I think a lot of uh, maybe the, the 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 perspective of the uninitiated is like, oh, you know, it's it's deep, you know, and people are finding this through through Tor and through the dark web and all these mm. secret shadowy places. But what you're saying is, hey, it's just. It's just there, and, and what's yeah. so sad and unfortunate about that is that when when the accessibility is high, then exploitation and demand is high. So, yeah, so you guys are responding to that. You're working that, and, and of course, you bring up this case in in the Philippines where you know you've you've been able to work with the AFP. Do you then work with the like the the government of the Philippines to be able to you know intercept this situation and to rescue this person? Mm. Yeah, in a lot of the countries we're working, we've got memorandum of understandings with the different law enforcement agencies. So mm-hmm. we've got an MOU with the Royal Thai Police, um, mm-hmm. with the Cambodian Police, with a number of the different Filipino uh, police forces, and then in other countries around the world. Yeah, we're working hand in hand um, with. Effectively, what we do is we work undercover yes. to build cases for the police to then go and do their police work because we're still um, civilians, so mm. we don't have authority to go and arrest someone. Mm. Uh, sure. So we've, um, you know, we work with those law enforcement agencies to build the cases for them, so that then they can just go and execute those the final stages of those cases, which. Uh, and then we've got our social workers that come in behind them uh, to, you know, come alongside the kids once they've been rescued. Mm. I love that because it's like, again, the the work of, of getting these perpetrators, you know, arrested and done is so key and important. But then the follow-up and the aftercare for these people. And, and I think the other thing that I, I love about that is that you guys aren't a government agency or something like that. That's like, oh yeah, you know, we'll set up as a task force by government because they see it's a problem. It's like, no, you guys are just simply passionate about rescuing people from desperate situations, mm. which is fantastic. Like, that, is, that is the best news that people are mm. passionate about rescuing other people. Mm. Yeah. 
absolutely. It's, yeah, it's great to see you. Great to be part of. And I guess, you know, your faith really drives you with that, doesn't it? Because you're knowing that injustice is being done and, and you know, God's a God of mercy and he's given that to us, but, you know, then that love pours out for others. And so I'm, I'm interested to know too, or we're interested to know here then too, Paul, what are you maybe going to be doing? Like Christmas is coming up and for some of these people, they're in, in difficult, you know, these children, they're mm. in difficult situations or, or have been rescued. Is there some kind of plan? that Destiny Rescue has in the in the space of Christmas mm. um, in any kind of way of what you might be doing around that time? Yeah, look, at the moment, we um, our, our Christmas campaign, our Christmas appeal, I guess, this year is called Awaken Hope. Mm-hmm. And, you know, look, I think when so many people, when they engage on the issue that we deal with on a, you know, on a daily basis, people go, oh, it's too hard, I can't deal in that space. But I actually look at it from the other perspective most days of the year, actually, because this is how you, I guess how you, you last so long in this space is that if you actually think, if you tackle the issue from the point of view of we get the opportunity to awaken hope in the lives mm, of people. Love it. That, you know, because if you're, if you're a child that's been trafficked, um, hope has been taken from you. Uh, and hope is a powerful force. Hope keeps people alive. Hope of a better tomorrow. Hope of an eternity. Hope of, 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 you know, the, I've heard you before in the, the previous segment talking about, uh, you know, uh, when the Lord comes back and, mm. and, um, we have a hope for an eternity. And, mm. and I think about a child, if we can restore hope in the life of a child, oh, uh, yeah. suddenly there's a force to live for. There's a, actually, I'm going to push through this. I'm going to get through. I'm going to deal wow. with the darkness mm. that's in my past. And I think, you know, I think for your listeners today, you can be a part of awakening hope in mm, people because mm-hmm. that is powerful. That's inspiring. That actually allows someone to start dreaming about tomorrow. And uh, we all get to be a part of that. We can all be part of awakening hope in the lives of kids around the world. And mm. so how, how can our listeners and how can we here in Faith FM be part of that awakening the hope? Yeah, look, I would encourage your listeners, go to our website, destinyrescue.org, mm-hmm. and you can find um, opportunities on the website for you to help us rescue kids uh, financially. And then there's a whole heap of other resources on the website that will help you understand more around the issues of human trafficking and child sexual exploitation. Uh, you can watch some of our documentary videos, which, again, most of those videos uh, land in hope mm. because, again, it's about putting hope back in the lives of kids. And we just invite your listeners, you know, Become one of our rescue partners because our rescue partners are that army of people who every single month are helping us rescue children. And, and you can choose whatever amount that wants to be. So if you've got, you know, if, if you can only afford 30 or $40 or, or even less, uh, you can be part of it. It doesn't, you know, there's no, um, dollar amount in that it's too small or too big. The more mm. that we've got, uh, the more kids we can rescue. I know at the moment we've got 50 kids, uh, in one of our African projects that they're on a, a waiting list we've got uh, to rescue because we just need the funding to be able to rescue these kids. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, it, it breaks our heart when we've got kids on a waiting list for rescue because I'm like, oh, man, I just know what's happening to you tonight. Wow. Um, but we just don't have the resources to rescue them. And so, again, it's partnering with incredible people like yourselves and a lot of your listeners who I know are already supporters and we want to say a massive thank you to you. But if you know if there's anything you can help us do uh, to rescue some of those kids, we would love your support because we know they're waiting and, and praying for someone to come uh, yeah. to get them out of the situation they're in. 
And of course, having you on the show this morning, this is something we at Faith FM wholeheartedly endorse. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. this is again at the forefront of need in, in, you know, people who are vulnerable and again, responding to the call of God and, and what God defines as true religion to help the child, to help the orphans and to help mm-hmm. the widow and, and whatnot. This is, this is where we're seeing, uh, that really unfold with the work of Destiny Rescue. Hey, we've got about a minute left. Is there anything you want to leave us with before, before you head out, Paul? Uh, no, look, just a huge thank you to your listeners that have been, you know, mm. making rescue possible every month. We just can't do this without you. It is such a partnership. It is, and even, you know, with your show, thank you for the opportunity to be highlighting this issue because this isn't just us going and doing our things. It's actually the, the church and the community coming together mm. to make a difference in the lives of people. So I just want to say massive thank you for your partnership, for your support. Uh, we actually get to do this together and, uh, it's pretty powerful when, you know, the body, uh, of Christ comes together and gets to change kids' lives. Uh, mm. There's nothing, I think, I don't think there's anything more inspiring and, um, that gives glory to God in that. Wow. That's powerful. Hey, Paul, thank you so much. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.